Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see it. Proudly brings to you the best prediction podcast in the world, a tad predictable. With your host, Tiriwa Chanakira, and his guest, it's Guy Drinkle. It's still game week 28, and you know what that means? It's time for another brand new episode of A Tad Predictable. We're back to finish off game week 28 and just put a nice bow on the game week obviously we've got thursday fixtures now we didn't want to bring this podcast out too early considering there were champions league games in the middle of the week and boy did we get some exciting games especially that real madrid parasan jimaan game which seemed like it was going nowhere and then just donnarumma decided to make make a game of it um, I'm joined again with Mr. Guy Drinkle, the executive producer. Guy, you saw us, you, you helped us out with the with the weekend fixtures, so it was only fitting to bring you back for the Thursday fixtures. How are you feeling heading into these Thursday fixtures, and did you get to catch some of the Champions League games? Well, behind the iron curtain today, you're hoping PSG don't <laughs> score right at this minute, so it screws up your intro. <laughs> but we're still watching it live. But yeah, PSG are, well, they're seemingly more bottly than Man City in the Champions League, which is, I suppose they've got to a final each and both bottled the final. But, well, I don't think Man City were ever going out against Sporting, but this has been spectacularly bad from uh, PSG. Yeah, I mean, I, I half watched the first half. When I was walking home from my bums to come, uh, to come home to do this podcast, um, and they scored. I was like, "Okay, let's tie over." But no, Donnarumma, as you say, he fancied bottling this game, and yeah, you never really should count out Real Madrid in the Champions League, should you? Regardless of if they're their peak or not, they're definitely a team you should never count out, especially in the Champions League. No matter how bad. Things are at Real Madrid. Champions League, they can always pull something out of the bag, uh, that rabbit out of the hat, if you watched Boston Legal back in the day. Um, Guy, obviously, 
all these teams played in terms of Premier League fixtures. They played this weekend, so we kind of get a, a, a nice feeling of how they did in the weekend and react to that opposed to us having done the podcast last week and, and try and predict these Thursday games. Having seen the fixtures and, and the way they went on the weekend, has it changed your opinion on on how you're going to be looking at some of these games? Uh, I wish Everton were playing. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe, maybe Wolves. A couple they've they've kind of slumped down a wee bit. Uh, Leeds played quite well without winning. Villa, um, my probably more so Coutinho than Villa, but obviously winning four nil. Um, it's very impressive, but Coutinho's kind of getting into his groove. But yeah, I think they're I think they're the main ones. Leeds Villa should be the most interesting one to talk about here. But Wolves, a bit of a mini slump. But I think, as we said on the for the weekend preview, they, they've done better than everyone thought. So yeah, obviously doesn't mean go lose every game now. But three losses in a row, it's uh, not great reading. But maybe they'll get back into it the uh, in, on well tomorrow night. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely want to keep an eye on. And basically all the games bar one are starting at half past seven. Uh, if you're in the UK, there is that 7.45 game, the Leeds versus Aston Villa one as well. Um, so in no particular order, I guess then, but um, we've got Norwich versus Chelsea. Now, Norwich, I mean, on the weekend, I thought they started well. Um, the the patterns of play were good, the finishing not so much. And it, it reminded me of, you know, you know if, if you were watching a cartoon where a character's running up a hill and then they zoom out and there's someone at the top of the hill and they start pouring like motor oil or something on the hill. And then all of a sudden the person, you know, the character that was running up the hill starts running in place and then ends up going backwards because it's just too slippery to to get up the hill. That's how I feel when I watch Norwich at the moment. It's it seems like it's progressing well early on and then they just leak goal, goals because, you know, screw defending. And it just gets worse and worse as the game goes on and um coming up against a Chelsea side who obviously there was um, thoughts of okay, are, are they in trouble this season? In, in terms of relative to you know, we spoke about they were one of the teams that everyone expected to be challenging, if not even winning the Premier League this season. So a lot of that talk was going around. They lost the Carabao Cup final. It's like okay, do they really have anything to play for in the Premier League anymore? Third place seems pretty secure for them based on the form of the teams below them um so that 4-0 win and a lot of that happened in, in the second half guy um that 4-0 win against Burnley are you expecting them to just keep that kind of form going I know Reese James is not going to be available for this game and he was a big factor in in how they performed against Burnley yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I think the uh, James factor is probably massive for them because, uh, well, as as injured as well. Who's gonna play right? Who's gonna play right wing back? Hudson at uh, Hudson. Yeah, Adoy they might put might Hudson Adoy there. Yeah, he's been injured as well. Maybe Chalaba move him to right wing back. That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> as uh, Zayic has played there, I think before. 
Maybe they just go. They have tinkered. It's with Norwich. It's yeah, Norwich. they've gone four at the back sometimes, haven't they? So maybe Chalobah at right back or something, <clears throat> and then just play uh, Silver Rudiger, whoever at left back. But um, yeah, I, regardless who's fit, Chelsea should be winning this. I agree with what you said about Norwich. They started well um, the other day, didn't take the chances, and then just ended up getting well. Norwich, <laughs> they, just, they just weren't clinical enough. It, if if they had Ivan Tony, they probably would have won that game, but they don't. I mean, Pookie's obviously been been a great servant for Norwich, but maybe he's just a smidge past it now. Having said that, he'll probably go score thirty goals in the Championship next season. Of course, uh, of course. Um, but it's strange for Norwich. I mean, we it, it, there's not really much to talk about in the game. I think. In terms of long term, it might be even better for Norwich to have a couple seasons in the Championship rather than just having one and bouncing straight back up, if that makes sense. Because then you can develop the squad rather than just having the exact same squad <laughs> that came up, that came down and then got you back up. So maybe a couple seasons down. I'm not saying actively try and stay down, but it may not be the worst thing if they do stay down. But um, yeah, I think lack of funding is their main issue rather than that anyway. But Chelsea, Chelsea should win. I, Burnley played, again, similar story. Actually, Burnley played quite well in their first half, then got battered. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if Chelsea won really comfortably. Maybe not 4-0 excessive, but it could be really anything. Maybe Chelsea see this as an opportunity to rotate a bit. Um, who have they got in the Champions League? So they'll be playing next week, won't they? I can't remember who Chelsea have in the Champions League. That's how... Isn't it someone was boring? that good a game, was it? Yeah. It was Lille. Lille, that's right. Very boring. <laughs> um, <laughs> they were t- and they're 2-0 up. Cool. So they might rotate a wee bit and over they got of the weekend. Da, 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 da. They've got Newcastle on Sunday. Newcastle on Sunday. Yeah, so maybe rotate a wee bit against Norwich. Then they can put the full team back out against uh, Newcastle and Lille not rest people, but they could maybe ease a few people back in if they've got a 2-0 advantage. Um, but yeah, as you said in the intro of the question, they haven't got loads to play for in the league yet, because nobody, nobody wants fourth, <laughs> never mind third, and they, they probably won't catch Liverpool and, um, and Man City now. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go Chelsea 3-0. Yeah, fair. Uh, Chelsea three and all win there. Look, I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat this one. Uh, you, we all know Norwich are the unofficial, official, unofficial um, team for this podcast this year, and and I'm still quite gutted that we never got that official um, stamp from the suits upstairs. I I think they were just being haters personally. Um, the Brentford game was key for me. The Brentford game was the game that you needed to go and win. Put pressure on Brentford and also help yourselves out as well. But maybe, maybe Norwich are pulling a Tottenham. Go win the game you weren't supposed to win. Um, catch Chelsea in a busy period where they're not concentrating. As you said, they've got Newcastle on Sunday. They've got Lille on Wednesday. And then next week, Saturday, they've got Middlesbrough in the FA Cup. So from next week, in terms of the two cup games they have, um, if we're saying they don't have much to play for in the Premier League, those two cup games are quite important in terms of their ambitions of winning trophies, especially if if it's to to happen that Abramovich is leaving, 
you know, send him off mm. with some more trophies could could be an incentive that they have in and around the, the, the club at the moment. So maybe this could be a really good time for Norwich to play Chelsea. But having said that, um, Norwich have been disappointing me of late <laughs> in terms of, as I said, it starts well and then it just kind of crumbles um, in the second bit of the first half and and then for the rest of the game. So we'll see how they get on there. You've given a 3-0 Chelsea win in that one. I, I think it's back-to-back 4-0s for Chelsea. I think the moment Norwich concede one, they end up conceding two, three, four. It, as I said, it just yeah. starts to crumble. The belief goes. Um, it's going to be at... Yeah, it's a Norwich home game as well. So at Carrow Road. Um, and I'm worried that if they concede an early goal, the crowds just... Hopefully the crowd sticks with them, but I'm worried the crowd just turns on them. Um, having seen what happened this past weekend, and and it just becomes a bit of an ugly scene in terms of Chelsea racking up the scoreboard for that one. But guy, we move on to Southampton versus Newcastle, which, on paper, based on the form of these two teams, uh, we'll get to Southampton's weekend game <laughs> in a little bit. But based on the form that they had heading into this game week. This game, for me, was going to be really exciting to see how it played out. Obviously, um, on the weekend, it was Aston Villa 4, Southampton 0. Uh, admittedly, um, it was a poor performance from them. Hasenhutl mentioned as such, poor performance. They weren't good enough, weren't at the races and all of that stuff. Uh, Norwich get a 2-1 win against Brighton. Very crucial for them in terms of just continuing to increase that gap with the bottom teams. I, I think it's safe to say Newcastle are no longer in that relegation battle. I, th- I think they've sailed quite clear from that battle and, and, and are looking quite excitedly to what they could be doing this summer. But in terms of this fixture, Guy, the Southampton side, bar, uh, you know, uh, uh, apart from that Aston Villa game, and, and the reason I say that is because I'm not expecting Southampton to win every single week. Um, that that would that that's the kind of stuff that Liverpool and Manchester City team um, seem to do, you know, in recent history. It's a ridiculous standard to be maintaining. So, and and we've seen Southampton suffer heavy defeats before under Hasenhutl. So, the loss, I guess you could say, surprising considering the form of Aston Villa and the form of Southampton heading into that game, but not surprising in terms of. At at some point they were going to lose a game, and you know, it, 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 I think it was fine. I think it's it's not something that, and at least Hasenhutter has built up enough credit that the fans, I don't think, will overreact to a loss like that. Whereas before, mm-hmm. there have been people that have overreacted to losses and you know jumped the gun in terms of whether or not Hasenhutter should be. In jeopardy. I think he's fine. It's a loss. We know it happens every now and then with Southampton. Let's just move on to the next game and focus on that. And in that theme of focusing on that next game, do you have an outright winner for this one? Because I've got a 2-2 draw at the moment. Um, I don't know if you will be able to convince me otherwise, but as as it stands, um, I've got a 2-2 draw. Yeah, I was maybe edging towards draw. Southampton won their last, well, on the form table, I can see, which is the last five. They've, they've won their last two at home against Everton and Norwich, which are probably games you'd expect them to win. Um, obviously, 
the uh, Villa game was at Villa Park, so obviously means something, but maybe the St. Mary's uh, factor needs to be taken into consideration here. Whereas Newcastle, let me just get their form up. Well, they've <laughs> they've won every game, <laughs> apart from a draw yep. with West Ham. Um, out of the last five, which was at the West... Uh, was it the London Stadium? Yeah, let's go with that. Um, I almost forgot what it was called there. Um, yeah, it, it's a weird one. I mean, it's just Southampton. We, the last show was called It's Too Logical. Southampton just aren't logical. They're not a logical team. They're either the best or the worst. There's no middle ground to do. And that's kind of <laughs> where I'm thinking here. Is a draw just... It's too logical for a draw. It's, it's, it's either going to be 4-0 Southampton, it's going to be 4-0 Newcastle. Um, and you, you mentioned there's no middle ground. And mm. obviously, when it comes to Southampton, I, 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 I would be doing this podcast a disservice if I didn't mention um, Hasenhutl's dress code and, and the fact he's not mm-hmm. gone back to the waistcoat yet, which is just a shambles. But what, you know, similar to Southampton, where it's either going to be amazing or people are going to hate it, um, the waistcoat is exactly, it it encompasses everything that is Southampton in terms of, there's some people that absolutely love it, some people that absolutely hate it. And this week hasn't been bad in terms of weather, especially where I am. How's the weather been, you know, where you are a bit further up north than I am? And is this the weekend? Is this the weekend we get the comeback of the waistcoat? It's been quite a nice day, actually. It's been a bit, a tad windy, but I live on the coast, northern coast, so, or north east coast, I should say. Um, so, yeah, it's always windy, even in the summer. Um, so, yeah, it's been, I think it's been about 10 degrees the last couple of days. Few more and it's short weather, <laughs> um, but no, it's been fine. Obviously, South Coast is basically France, as we keep saying every week. So it, it, it's almost summer season. So yeah, I think the West Coast is getting there. I've just looked. It, it's it gonna it's rain? predicted to rain. Disgusting. Predicted to rain in this, Southampton on Saturday. Country. Scattered showers. Well, it's Thursday though. Was it on Thursday? <sighs> no, for for Saturday. Scattered what? showers predicted for Saturday. Well, he's playing Thursday. Oh, scenes! Oh no, no. Is it? No. All, it's all week, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Scattered showers on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Doesn't this country just make you hate the world? Like, just they don't want they don't want us to see the waistcoat. God, they just don't. God damn. So are you going God, for a, climate for a, change for, for a draw as well? I I kind of talking myself out of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, you know what? Southampton's form ended. Let's end Newcastle's. 4-2 Southampton. Oh, that's a wrinkle. Dan Byrne wow. can't be good forever. Wow. 4-2 to Southampton. Southampton fans will be loving that. That that would be a very... Either way, it's going to be an exciting game full of goals, um, according to our predictions. And Guy, and in saying that, nil, nil. I move on to a nil, game nil. that... Nil, nil. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to be horrible to the fans of Wolves and Watford, but my God, man, we were looking at this, um, you know, pre-show um, before we went live and, and we're looking at that fixture and we're thinking, if you looked at the league, is is there a, a game where you're least expecting teams to rack up the scoreboard? That's probably... Wolves versus 
Wolves versus Watford. So Wolves have, 24, <laughs> Wolves have 24 goals this season. Watford have 27. Would you look at that? Yeah, but Ran, Ran yet, like they scored five against Everton. That <laughs> doesn't <true>. count. <laughs> and, 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 and Watford had the, the Man United drubbing as well. So, so it, it, they've padded their goal, their, their, their goals for, um, oh my goodness. Yeah. So, no, no. Are you going no, no for this one? One nil Watford. Watford? Yeah. So the, the, the woes continue for, for Large and, and It is. Wolf. He keeps messing about with the team, doesn't he? Like, I know they weren't playing great, but he's like binned Jimenez. He's called out all the young players saying they don't work hard enough and don't prepare well enough. And I, I think it might just continue a wee bit, you know. Just But Hodgie, Hodgie's got to work his miracles at some point so he gets all the fanfare, and me, not fanfare, media fanfare. Um... But 1-0, I think Dennis, I think Sarfit, I know he missed the weekend. Watford, if my computer wouldn't be stupid. <laughs> Where are they? Ruled out, and Josh King, late fitness test. Okay, so maybe not. But uh, <laughs> Emmanuel Dennis, Josh King, uh, Pedro Hernandez scored a lovely goal against um, he did. Arsenal, yeah. didn't he? Well, I mean, they scored two goals against Arsenal. Why can't they score against... You know, Wolves probably have a better defence than Arsenal. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to stick with 1-0. I think the bad 1-0 one 1-0 Watford. And, and to yeah. be fair, that that makes the relegation battle that much more spicy mm. um, if, if they do get that 1-0 win. You know win. Wolves so, are scoring in the first five minutes now. Yeah, you've cursed them. You've, yeah. cur- you've cursed Four Watford. Yeah. But anyway, Wolves. you've gone with... <laughs> You've gone with a, a Roy Hodgson one nil one nil special, should Absolutely. I say? Um, I, I'm going to go against you in this. I'm going to go one nil to Wolves. I, I don't think Wolves are shipping goals in this game. I think they correct the course. You, you mentioned Lars has kind of attacked the players a bit. I wonder if it's a situation of the players know they're safe and kind of just coasting now, which I suppose maybe is where his frustrations are coming from, where he's thinking we could have snuck into even top four. If if you take away the last three results, mm-hmm. they, you know, if they get some decent results there, even, even if they get like five points out of the three, three games, that that's looking pretty healthy in, in that race for top four. So I think maybe that's where his frustrations coming from to say, the players are, are slacking a little bit. Maybe they're, they're believing their own hype. Um, they've seen Tad's top five. We've seen that happen before where teams have seen Tad's top five, which is Can't unprecedented success. And, you know, it's it's fluid. It's a, it's a fluid top five. We know that. Um, and they've either felt the pressure of being in the top five. Remember four. Remember that form. Remember that December form of Fulham last year. They 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 were on fire. They should never have got relegated. Tad's Tad's top five and get relegated. Disgrace. Look, look. They had a hot December. It was between November and December when they were absolutely cooking. And then I think the pressure just got to them because the news went out. They're in Tad's top five. They've got to perform now. There's a bit more pressure, you know. Relegation, fighting relegation, is that that much pressure really for Fulham? You know, they go up and down all the time. But when you're in my top five, got to step up, son. Um, and I think they felt the pressure. Similar to Wolves here, 
they're looking to surprise people and getting to that top four spot. Is there pressure on that? Maybe because, you know, if we don't make it, no one really expected us to anyway. So it's kind of a free punt. But the moment you get into Tad's top five, now there's pressure because now you got to live up to that reputation. I put them in there ahead of Arsenal at the time. You know, th- that's a lot of pressure. And I, and I, I think the fact that Arsenal went in it probably took the pressure off of Arsenal to just free the players to play with freedom. So Arsenal fans, you're welcome for that. But you know what? Arsenal aren't playing on Thursday, guy. Leeds United are playing on Thursday. Aston Villa are playing on Thursday. They play each other. We mentioned the Aston Villa result a bit earlier on when we were talking about Southampton. Coutinho looked on form and I'm sure they'll be hoping that continues for the rest of the season and then continues for seasons to come if they're able to land him uh, against Jesse Marsh's Leeds United side we saw some of the things we mentioned uh, in the previous podcast with that Jesse March style of football you know very vertical going straight towards the goal when we've when we've won possession uh, you know when we're not in possession very ball hungry in terms of their pressing and, and ball orientated and, and obviously it helps that Bielsa had some kind of similarities there in terms of the pressing, the energy that the players put into the game. So how do you see Leeds adapting to this game? I mean, last time out they 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 obviously um they obviously lost the game, but I guess is it is it one of the <laughs> It's one of those situations, I'm, I'm laughing because it's one of those situations where I think Jesse Marsh, I, I may be misquoting him, but saying where uh, I'll take the performance over the... the yeah, the he po- did, yeah. <laughs> and, and I get where he was coming from there. Um, um, but obviously people took the mickey out of him with, with that with that statement. Um, but I, I was encouraged with their performance against Leicester. Uh, come away with a 1-0 loss in that one. Can, can they improve? Can they go one better here? Maybe a draw against an an Aston Villa side that looked really on form, and and that diamond formation looks to be a winner at the moment for them. I, I think they if they can stick with that to the end of the season, they could be onto something. What was your score for the last one today? I'm just thinking. I can't remember if you actually said it out loud. I think you just said the reverse of mine. Did you mean one nil? Yeah, one nil two yeah. two wolves. Just for the list, I, just in case you didn't say it. Just for the list. Ah, so. okay. Um, but yeah, Leeds did did play quite well. Um, they they definitely should have won. I mean, the elite, like the very least, should have got a point out of that game. Um, but that's that's what you get when you're missing your only striker, really. Um, I think even if Bamford isn't still fit, which I'm not sure how much a half a week can change, really. Maybe you got to start that young lad Gelhard instead of Rodrigo or whoever um, up front because Rodrigo just doesn't do goals. Um, whereas Villa, as you said, that they really seem to be settling into the new formation. Obviously, it's been a couple. The Brighton performance wasn't great, if I remember correctly. Um, but they got the result, and certainly the performance against Southampton was much better, and the result was much better. Obviously, so I'm not sure which game he switched to the diamond, but. The progress is clear there. You get two wins, six goals scored, zero conceded. Um, Callum Chambers doing outside the foot passes from 30 yards out. What's happening there? (laughs) Um, Yeah, it seems to be really set. I think 
Buendia was playing well, so it's almost a shame for him. But Coutinho, like, however you felt about Jack Grealish, and I know there were some great Villa players, probably before my lifetime, Paul McGrath, etc. Um, but Coutinho is probably the best player in my lifetime he's played for Aston Villa. Like, I know it's not the same Coutinho we had at Liverpool, but it, he doesn't look... He didn't look too far off that against Southampton. Obviously, Southampton kind of played in it with hands by playing two midfielders against 12. <laughs> but he was excellent against Southampton. So, yeah, I think if they can keep him, I think it's, it's, it's like... It's only like 30-odd mil, isn't it, that's agreed? Or maybe 40? But if if they can agree a decent... Because they, they were ready to offer Grealish stupid wages to keep him. Coutinho's better than Grealish. If they can even like 150, 200, it might be might be a bit daft for someone who's a bit older. But if you get him for three years, I don't think he's going to diminish that much. Um, but yeah, I, I I I think it looks great. It, it looks great for him there. Big big fish. I don't want to say small pond because Villa is obviously a great club. I'll just say it for the saying's sake. But big fish, small pond. It, it's medium really, pond. Medium, medium pond. Medium pond. Yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's really exciting. I think Danny Ings seems to have finally settled. Ollie Watkins has found form because I took him out my FPL. You're welcome. Um, Jimenez didn't. Jimenez didn't even play. But I, 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 I hate I, you so I, much. I hate you so much for that. I, I warned you not to do it. I captained him as well. He didn't play. I think he got two points. Oh, I predicted him to lose. Oh, that's reverse psychology, scoring four. Um, but Leeds, yeah, I think Leeds, it depends who's back fit. Because Bamford was obviously on the bench. I think Calvin Phillips has been rumoured to be close. I will, in fact, look at PremierInjuries.com. And I clicked on Liverpool for some reason. Leeds. Uh, Lorente's back. Phillips is out. Cooper's out. I don't know who that is, but he's out. Tyler Roberts was obviously walking about injured for half the game, <laughs> which was crazy. But he's out as well. Um... But no, it looks like Bamford's not there, so depending on match fitness, maybe he's fit to play. And I think that might make a difference, to be honest. I think Villa, regardless of the new formation and stuff like that, do I predict a Leeds win, though? Or do I go draw and be boring? There's always draws, and I haven't predicted a draw yet. Two all. Finish with ball. Finish with boring. It's the way the world works. <laughs> I mean, Leeds don't do boring to alls, though. I think that could be quite fun. This is the new boring Leeds. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could be quite fun. Yeah, look, um, I, I, as I said before, that four four two diamond shape with Coutinho just behind Ollie Watkins and Ings, um, I think works really well for them on an attacking transition phase. You've got... Two players that can play on the shoulder of the defenders really well. And then you've got Coutinho behind them that can make any pass imaginable in world football. So that that is a really, really cool dynamic to have. Uh, defensively, I think they'll be fine against Leeds. My worry, obviously, is on that Minx side. Uh, because if Leeds are going to come at you very direct whenever they win the ball. If they come direct at Mings... <laughs> if Rafinha was playing really well as well, because they, yeah. they played young at the weekend, 
So has Dinya already dropped out, or was it just rotation? Who knows? Maybe they wanted a yeah, bit more leadership but... or something in there. But... No, they heard he was in my fantasy team, so they thought... That's, that's, that's a good point. Screw it. That's a good point. Screw it. Um, but yeah, so I, that's my, my biggest worry for Aston Villa, is if that direct play, as you say, Rafinha on that side as well, if they're running hard at Mings and, and he doesn't have the support around him, I'm worried he's going to do something a bit rash, which he's been prone to do in the past. I see your 2-2 score predictions, but I, I think Aston Villa keep the good times rolling. to be misery for Leeds. And if Watford get that win that you mentioned, that makes it very interesting for Watford in terms of trying to get out of the relegation zone. So I'm going to go with an Aston Villa win. I'm going to go 3-1. To Aston Villa, um, I I just think them playing off the shoulder against because if they beat that you know that very aggressive press, if they get the quick passes off, if you if you switch play really quickly when you do get pressed, and then you know bypass that initial press that Leeds will have, it means by the time the ball gets to Coutinho, he's going to be one on one against someone. And that's a dangerous recipe for Leeds. I, I think, I think he's going to thrive off of something like that. And then, obviously, as I said, he's going to be he's going to have the vision and the execution to to feed the guys up front. But Mr. Drinkle, uh, that's going to do it for another episode of a tad predictable. Do you have something you want to plug, put over, promote before we wrap up? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just my Twitter at the minute at Guy Drinkle. I'll be doing well your job on Friday with Dave um, to preview the games, uh, the weekend games, I should say. Um, but tomorrow, if you want to ask Dave any questions, just at EPL Index or on Twitter for that, or at me at Guy Drinkle, or if you're on the Anfield Index Discord, uh, send them in there, and we'll. And I'll pass them on to Dave, or both of us will collect them together. But yeah, at Guy Drinkle and at EPL Index and at Anfield Index, where all the all the work is. Awesome stuff. Yeah, guys, um, do go check out EPL Index website. It's match previews, post-match reviews, player performances, and all of the news that you guys could wish for. Of course, there is the daily podcast show. Guy has plugged it, but I'll plug it again. It's the two-footed podcast with Dave Hendrick. Um, finally, also go check out the flagship show, which runs weekly, the EPR Roundtable with Kev DeVries. He sits down with panelists from around the EPL um, teams. They do reviewings and previewings of the happenings around the EPL. I'm going to be on that podcast on Sunday, um, this coming Sunday. So do check that one out. Um, this show's Twitter page, guys, do go and follow the show on, on Twitter at atadpredictable. Uh, follow at EPL Index on Twitter. Subscribe to EPL Index podcast channel on your podcast providers. Give us five stars. Write positive comments if you guys feel so inclined. That good stuff really, really helps us out. Go sign up for the free season predictions competition. It's at eplindex.com stroke predictions. And you stand a chance to win. All you have to do is go there. Uh, get your game week predictions in at eplindex.com stroke predictions each week. Make sure, guys, before you move on to the next page with the, the next set of fixtures, they usually do like five a page. Make sure you click save and then move on to the next page just to make sure that it does save 
your your predictions in there. Um, if you top the leaderboard come the end of the 21-22 EPL season, you stand a chance to win a £100 voucher for EPL Index Shop and you also get to win £300 cash prize, which is from our awesome sponsors, Liberty Shield VPN. And Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. You can check out their service, services at libertyshield.com. You can save with the coupon code Router50 because you know your boy. He's going to hook you guys up with the code. Uh, you get 50% off of your routers if you use that code Router50. You only get it for, well, you get it for only £7.99, and that's valid until the 31st of March. It's a virtual private network. It's a technology that encrypts your internet. Uh, traffic to protect your online identity it hides your ip address and shields your online data from third parties you can avoid geo blocks and government government imposed restrictions to access any website that you guys want to want to access obviously as i said these thursday games lord knows where they're being shown i think only one of them is being shown in the uk and it's on amazon prime if I'm not mistaken, or who cares? Just get Liberty Shield VPN, and and that solves all of your problems. You can just be able to search for the games and watch them through that system. Um, yeah, I think that's all the plugs from my end. I've been Tadio Chanakira. You can find me on Twitter at Tad Predicts. Uh, huge shout out to Obi Semenya at John Empire SA for the intros. Uh, our producer behind the glass. He was in front of the mic this week. Thank you so much, Guy, for joining us both last week for the weekend fixtures and then today for these Thursday fixtures. He's Guy Drinkle at Guy Drinkle on Twitter. And remember, Chisinga Perry, Chinoshura. Sports Social Podcast Network.